Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Monday evening, where we have the opportunity to talk the stuff of witness. And uh, it is good to be back for a regular uh, week. I know over the past few weeks, I've kind of been in and out, and we've been re-airing some uh, older programs. But it is good good to be back, and I do appreciate uh, your emails and your questions that you've been sending me. Uh, those dialogues, those conversations are always uh, very good um, and very edifying. And so, again, it is good to be with you this Monday evening. Uh, I'm excited about this evening's program. I have uh, Derek Ellen with me, and we are going to talk about what does it mean to witness to our faith um, out from this uh, Christmas season. And so, again, I have Derek Allen with me. Derek is a youth minister up in Paradise. And if you are listening to this broadcast outside of Chico and the greater Northern California area, when I say Paradise, that is a city (laughs) north of Chico. (laughs) Okay, just north of Chico. So, anyhow, Derek, uh, great to have you with me this evening. Yep, thank you, Joe. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you on the air again, and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you know, it's been quite some time, I think maybe over a year and a half. Probably, yeah. Um, Since we started our new format with our uh, 30-minute program, uh, this is the first time you've joined me. So it is good to have you back with me. And and Derek, we have this subject matter before us that I picked and that that you prayed with because uh, it's important for us to be thinking about this today, tomorrow, and and this upcoming week. And, And by this subject matter, I mean... What does the Christmas season point to? Right. Within this larger context of witness. So so what is this about? And and it's interesting because of course Christmas is our celebration of Christ, our celebration of the incarnation, that God has become man, that God is here, that God's love is here, and that we're called to participate in that love. Mm-hmm. The the season of Christmas to me is a time of celebration and a time of transition. You know, with Advent, the church celebrates a new year. Of course, here we are, January 5th. It's a new calendar year as well. And the point of Christmas is to go into the new with something, with a gift, and that gift is not a a toy or some sort of gift card or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. that gift is Christ's love, and and what do we do with that in the new year? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, talking to my kids yesterday and and my wife. It was Christmas last week, here a week later, and we got them their gifts, and I was cleaning up their rooms, and here already I see some of their gifts in their closets, and they're not playing with them. And and so we had a family meeting, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Why do we buy gifts? What's the point of a gift if we're not going to play with it, if we're not going to share it? You know, it's not like we went out and bought 15, 20 gifts, you know, just a handful of gifts, but what's the idea behind a gift? We talked about that a great deal, and I think it really highlights what you're saying right now. If if we do not take the gift for what it is, a gift, something unmerited, it's not something that we had to receive, but something that was given to us, and of course, 
in the Son of God, in the person of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift, then yes, it is our vocation to, uh, to live uh, for the gift. God created us uh, from love for love, and apart from this love, our life has, has no compass, has no direction. So we have to focus in on the incarnation and the meaning of this gift. And so certainly out from the Christmas season and into ordinary time, we need to be thinking about what the gift is all about. Which certainly is rarely easy. Mm -hmm. Especially this time of year, it can be incredibly difficult for a lot of people, um, you know, individuals who have suffered loss, individuals who are sort of not necessarily feeling the Christmas spirit. But I was reminded of a quote from San Alphonsus de Ligorius, uh, who who asks for a gift, and then upon receiving it, dictates the way in which they should receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it it's not our place to ask God for gifts, ask God for um, help in this life, and then confine Him or attempt to confine Him and how He should go about that. And sometimes it can be difficult for us to understand that, especially this time of year, um, just with with everything about Christmas, the point is not to to focus on, you know, that that our life may be going one direction or another, but that Christ is in our life, mm-hmm. and that in that we are centered, in that we are we are safe, so to speak. That that despite how things may change, that Christ is here with us, mm-hmm. that we are in His love. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, we cannot construct our own existence, but we can at best receive it for what it is. And that's so important. And it really highlights, you know, we were talking before, Derek, it really highlights that virtue of acceptance, uh, a virtue that John Paul II says is a virtue among all virtues. That's quite a thing to say when you start thinking about, you know, the virtues of faith, hope, and love, mm-hmm. certainly the cardinal virtues of justice, temperance, fortitude. And I mean, you, you, you ask yourself, what is behind that? Well, we must accept <laughs> the gift for what it is and our existence for what it is. A newborn doesn't say, well, uh, you know, I'm going to be um, 10 pounds and, and, and 6 ounces and 21 inches versus 19 inches. No, we just, the, the newborn accepts his existence for what it is. And maybe this is why he's screaming when he's, <laughs> when he's born. I don't know. But <laughs> no, we must accept you know, and part of this acceptance, I think, points back to what you're saying. This season can have its way with us, and by season I mean this time coming out of the Christmas season. Uh, there are a lot of people I have already spoken with who are experiencing this sadness, this this melancholy, sure. out from you know leaving their family, leaving their friends. And uh, I was in one conversation yesterday, and and he says, you know, Joe. <laughs> It's a funny thing that I am with my family, I am with my friends, and I see all of my strengths and those strengths around me. Uh, Suddenly, uh, I leave and I'm burdened with all of my weaknesses. You know, I I, I see all of these possibilities, and at the same time, you know, now I see all these limitations. What was my security now burdens me. What ultimately was my safety net now uh, overwhelms me. Well, and it's it's interesting because Christmas, for for most people, should be such a high time. 
you know, like you've alluded to, we're around our family, we're around friends, we have some days off of work, we get some vacation time, we get a chance to rest, we get a chance to, to take a break, and then often we come off that sort of mountaintop into mm-hmm. the doldrums of everyday life, and suddenly what was once good and peaceful is just crazy, which always, you know, those moments always have to remind you of the, the story of the transfiguration. Yes. You yes. know, g- going from that sub- sublime mountaintop with with Jesus and the Old Testament prophets and the glory of God to Jerusalem for the crucifixion, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Christmas season can certainly feel like. Mm-hmm. But even though Christ goes from the transfiguration to Jerusalem, the supreme good that is accomplished, mm-hmm. the he takes the transfiguration and does something with it. Just like we should take the Christmas season and, and not allow it to be just something you know, like an elf on the shelf. Yeah. We yeah. should we should take the joys that we receive in Christmas and, and really be a witness to those. That's right. That's right. You know, as as we were just talking about, to receive his love is to live in his love. In the incarnation, God steps into history so as to walk with us. Uh, and this is what we should be present to. And so this really is what these days are about, allowing Christ to take our hand and saying, okay, Lord, uh, these are my weaknesses, these are my limitations, this is what burdens me, uh, this is what overwhelms me, this is what endangers me, show me what I need to do. So the call before us really not to oversimplify, but is to enter into that friendship with Jesus Christ. I mean, He was born among man so as uh, to call us His friend. Uh, and, and if we can do that, then we are well on our way. And so we have this mission before us, uh, Derek, to enter into this friendship and to go out. Uh, I think you had uh, an important point before we came on air as it relates to the last verse that comes mm. to us from the Epiphany that, that I want to talk about a little bit. Yeah, so in the, in the story of the Magi, of course, they, they see the star and, and they recognize that this is a sign that a king is born in the West. So they travel to, um, of course, the baby Jesus. They they come upon the manger and they, they present their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they leave. And the last bit of the gospel there is that as they're leaving, they return to their country by another way. Um, they have come, they, you know, they went through Herod's palace to, to see King Herod and told him about the star. And, of course, Herod wishes to, to know the location of the Christ child. Um, granted, this is because Herod sees the newborn king as a threat to his own dominion, to his own reign. Um, so to the Magi returning to their country a different way, there's, there's the practical sense of avoiding Herod, of avoiding any possible altercation there. But more importantly is the metaphor there that, that they were changed by what they witnessed, mm-hmm. that the newborn baby Jesus and the Holy Family fundamentally changed them in a way that they had to go back differently. I, I don't think that they would have been able to go back the same way because that change had been so fundamental. Yeah, and this is what happens within the context of a, a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And, and certainly when we read that text, we have the right to interpret that text that way. Certainly in its literal sense, we are to, to see it as you were speaking to it, but in its spiritual sense, there is uh, something 
metaphorically going on there, that yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So it is right that they go another way, the way of Jesus Christ, out from that personal encounter. I mean, it is to remember that, you know, they traveled a great distance. And yes, as magi, they were following the stars. But as wise men, they were following Jesus. They had a deeper understanding that the natural world and what they were studying was pointing to something greater. And so they arrive there in the manger, if that is in fact where they found him. <laughs> sure. And upon seeing him, what do they do? I mean, they fall to the ground because they're so tired, you know, because they've had such a long trip. No, 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 no. What does the text say? I mean, they were prostrate. They were worshiping the one true God, which is an, an amazing thing, given the fact that uh, these were, for all intents and purposes, Gentiles, right? So that in of itself, there's a great teaching there. But they, they fall to the ground, they worship the one true God. They have this personal encounter with uh, God become man, uh, this personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And it, as you put it, Derek, it fundamentally changed them and they went another way. Because as as uh, the Archbishop Fulton Sheen once said, once you have a very real personal encounter with Jesus Christ, your life will never be the same. <laughs> your life will never be the same, uh, nor was it for the wise men. Well, and it's, it's interesting to think of what that encounter with Christ would have been like for the Magi. Um, because, you know, later in the Gospels, the apostles and a lot of people have encounters with Christ as an adult as someone who can speak to them, verbally speak to them, and touch them, and embrace them. But the Magi get none of that. Mm -hmm. They they come, and, and they see a, a baby. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe as they show up, Christ, as a child, as a little infant, goes in this huge tantrum because he needs to be changed, or he's hungry, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But that's what a baby does. Yeah, yeah. And so their personal encounter as simple as it may have been, still had such great potential to change them. Mm -hmm. And we can never underestimate the power of Christ. Because for the Magi, maybe all they needed was to see that infant. Mm -hmm. and, and for some of us, maybe we look for moments like the Transfiguration. We look for moments like Christ calling the apostles. But when really, what we need is to encounter Christ the infant encounter Christ the infant and find Jesus in all of the simplicity of everyday life. It, this is what strikes me about this encounter, is the simplicity of it all. Yes, it, it had the star, and, and the angels uh, appeared to the shepherds, and certainly we have dramatized it in our, our nativity scenes, but this was an event in history that, for all intents and purposes, uh, was on the outskirts. Of course, we know the story. There was no room for him in the inn. And Jesus Christ himself was born on the margins. And in that moment, when the, the Magi encounter the, the simplicity of Christ, uh, what we are made to see is how we are called to encounter uh, the simplicity of Jesus Christ um, in those who are on the margins, and really, in those moments in our life that are that are mundane, that for maybe some of us might be boring, but this is this is the message of Christmas. If we are going to witness to our faith, 
if we are going to concretely witness to our faith, we need to discover the simplicity of Jesus in all of those things in our lives that appear to us, Derek, as boring, mundane, so that they actually might be something that is life-giving. Well, and, and as a youth minister, that is something that I have to deal with whenever I'm with the youth, because I know for myself as a teenager, the idea of spending an hour on a Sunday at Mass was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was boring. You just sat there. Sometimes you'd stand. Sometimes you'd kneel. And then your knees would hurt, and then you would sit some more. Um, so as a youth minister, and really for all of us who, who see youth, who are involved with youth in any way, how do we get them to see Christ as something exciting? Which is a real challenge, especially with just technology and, and all of the ways that our society is today. But if we can get them to that first personal encounter with Christ, like Fulton Sheen said, then they will be so fundamentally changed that they will seek him out themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of, of vying for their attention and all of the noise of society. Mm-hmm. How, you know, and, and, and that's the real trick, with, at least with youth ministry, is, is the idea of how can you get all of the noise to quiet down so that the teenagers, so that young people can hear the true message of Christ mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and have that message change them. Yeah, as you're talking there, Derek, the one word that strikes me is presence. We need to be able to be present to our youth, and just not our youth, but all of those people who God calls us to engage. Huh? You know, How many times have you been in a room of maybe 15 to 20 people and you think you have been physically present to them, but you actually haven't engaged them. Uh, one of the great reminders uh, that we have this Christmas season in the Incarnation is the priority of presence, the priority of being present to those who God calls us to be present to, right? Uh, you know, today we have all of these distractions, huh? If it's not the iPhone or smartphone, it's the iPad. If it's not the iPad, it's the computer. If it's not the computer, it's the Xbox or Wii. Whatever it might be, there are all these distractions. And so we have to go out of our way to be present to those who God calls us to be present to. And when we are physically present to them, to be reminded that we need to engage them, that we have to listen to them. And certainly for you, Derek, as youth minister, there are a great number of challenges in that. Uh, But the challenge is a good thing that the challenge is an opportunity that we must embrace so as to grow in our own personal lives. But at the same time, at the same time, Derek, uh, said that those around us may also see the importance of Christ, that our days aren't about <laughs> you know, this game or that game that we're playing on our iPad phone or we, uh, but no, it's about uh, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And now I'm not saying that uh, you know, these amusements are some intrinsically bad things. No, uh, but the carnal virtue of temperance reminds us that we need to lead balanced lives. And when the statistics show that we are spending, uh, what, Derek, six hours texting a day, uh, there's an imbalance, there's an intemperance. And one of the things that might help us get out from that is to engage one another in that spirit of uh, Christian fraternity, 
and, and to go out and to, to make a difference, mindful that uh, our lives aren't about wasting time, but giving all the glory to God in time. And that's really what the call to witness, sort of this theme that you've been working with lately, is, is kind of about. I mean, you can't witness to someone. if You can't be a witness if you are not with someone. And it, it, it's two ways. You, you can't be a witness for Christ if, one, you are not in the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. But, but two, you, you, if you're not in the presence of other people, you, you can't evangelize to yourself in the mirror. You, you need to be with your friends, with your family, with coworkers, with people on the street, but you also can't give what you don't have yourself. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and that's, that brings us back to the great structure of our faith in God for other. Uh, you cannot know the direction of for other if you're not first in God, and of course, this is the wisdom of, of the, the two great commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, In that order. Yes, that's right. Uh, we've made it a point on this program to really get into that in the past, and certainly this is what's so foundational, um, because ultimately you are called to carry the presence of Jesus Christ into the way in which you are present to others, allowing really Jesus to dictate and to guide and to direct you how you're called to be present to others. Uh, we must remember what the Mass is all about, right? The Mass missio, to be sent. We are sent to proclaim God in word and deed out from uh, that nuptial embrace in uh, the Eucharist. So important. And, and we kind of hinted at it earlier in the show, but the idea of as we transition from Advent into Christmas and now into ordinary time, we are being sent mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the holiday season, from this sublime time of joy and happiness and time with family and friends, back into the ordinary, mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. into the day-to-day grind, back into sort of normal life. People can't see it, but I just make quotations with my hands. Yeah. Obviously, this is radio, so yeah. you won't miss that. Um, but, but this idea that, that we're going back to what is our normal day-to-day, and that we are supposed to bring Christ with us, mm-hmm. the joy of Christmas with us, yeah. and witness to that in this ordinary time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when we talk about, Derek, this call to embrace the concreteness and particularity of our everyday life, whether it be taking our kids to school, doing the laundry, making dinner, running our kids from point A to point B from this sport to, to, to this friend's house. Um, yeah, okay, these are called to be sacramental moments. But sacramental moments come out from sacramental encounters, okay? Definitely. So all of our encounters are made to be sacramental. And by sacramental, what do we mean? A sign that points to what? God. And when we begin to think like this, our days begin to change, But what we need to understand is, yes, we have to overcome this melancholy, this sadness, this this sense of, oh, man. Holidays are over. Yeah, what was so so joyful, Joe, is now a burden on me. You know, this is is the nature of our existence. And uh, this isn't a bad thing, but this is concrete reality. So what does it teach us? We must turn to Christ. Because ultimately, when we see that we have weaknesses and we have limitations, well, what should we do? What does Paul do? 
We should boast of these because in boasting of our weaknesses and limitations, we realize our need for Christ, and we are then well on our way to enter uh, more deeply into this ordinary time for all intents and purposes that is now before us. And so uh, this is what we need to be thinking about. That's really where a majority of our existence is. You know, Lent's four weeks, Easter six weeks after that, Advent's four weeks, Christmas is just a little under three. That's only about three and a half, four months of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that leaves 75% of our yearly existence in ordinary time, in the days of, you know, just sort of going through the desert, so to speak, of our faith. And, and that's really when we have the opportunity to really accept and, and relish in those sacramental moments of the day-to-day. You can't help but think of Therese of Lisieux in her little way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially as we transition to this time of ordinary time. Mm-hmm. And of course, that little way that you speak of is this call to love each and every moment as a gift from God, you know, to understand that each and every circumstance, each and every trial, each and every day uh, is pregnant with eternal significance. That is to say, it is waiting to bear life, life that in turn is life-giving to others. And this is where we begin to discover our vocation to love, which, of course, is St. Therese's little way, uh, and why she's become so popular for many of us today. And again, Derek, it is so important for us to be present to this call that we have to not only receive God's love and live in His love, but to share this love anywhere and everywhere. Earlier, I was talking about some of the new media. Well, let us go into that new media and proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Huh? This has to be at the heart of what we are doing. Uh, yes, we are called to uh, grow in a relationship with God. Yes, we are called to go to the poor, to the poor. But we are also to seek out every opportunity that is before us to become agents for the new evangelization. Uh, we must. Uh, this is what the Church is calling us to today. You know, it's it's funny. You think of I think of especially Saint John Paul the, the Great, um, but also just with the things that the office of the, the Pope's office does. You know, with like the the papal Twitter account. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, it's awesome that the Pope has a Twitter, but the Pope doesn't have a Twitter at the expense of World Youth Day. Yeah, yeah. You know, he still goes out. He still meets with the people, celebrates with the people, while also engaging in sort of the newer media. Um, which is, I think, a balance that we should really strive to find. Um, it's something that uh, my wife will will get on me at often if, you know, like we're driving and she's behind the wheel and I'm looking at my phone. She wants us to be able to engage in conversation, which I can't do on a phone mm -hmm. if she's right next to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's something that I think we should all strive to be mindful of for sure. Amen. That's right, and that's, that's a great point to kind of close, I think, this program with, Derek, and that is um, we can engage uh, all of those around us, whether it be youth, adults, uh, the elderly, um, in new media. Not that the elderly are always tapped into the new media these days, <laughs> but we always do it, not at the expense of, but in light of the relationships that are built out of a more personal encounter. I mean, if you think about it, Derek, God did not send us a text message uh, 2,000 years ago that he would come to save us with its great message. No, 
He made himself physically present. And it is always in light of the encounter that the revelation of Jesus Christ will be understood for what it is. Amen. Thanks again for the gift of your time, Derek. I do appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation, um, Joe. It is, it is always good to have you on. So let us go ahead and wrap up with a, a, a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.